wrestling and and this is a I started all excited, but I quickly realized what we're mostly going to be talking about this week. And it's actually a very tragic week this week. Um, we will be talking about wrestling and Terry Funk and wrestling and Bray Wyatt, also known as Wyndham Rotunda. And we're also going to talk a little all in. Um, of course, like every week, I have... We, we do rotating guests in the guest chair, but so far there's been no rotation. There's been one guest and uh, co-host, and that is at in-ring art, Justin. What's up, man? Uh, not much, man. Just winding down on a Sunday evening. Winding down. Now, neither of us had the, I guess, time nor whatever to wake up at 11 a.m. or 10 a.m. I guess your time. Oh, I was up. I mean, I'm definitely up way before that. And I did watch the pre-show. But I had stuff going on today. Yeah. So I I didn't really get a chance to to take in all in, as they say. Isn't all out next week, too? All out, yeah, next. What the heck? This coming Sunday. Those guys are This is actually pretty cool. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for that. I mean, they're doing it straight to Chicago. What what but, is? Uh, um, we'll talk about <laughs> like who's what's the title match for that? Is he have to do? Dinner- I don't I don't know all that yet. Yeah. I think there was an angle at the end of the show. Okay, uh, but it's gonna be Miro versus Hobbs, and then that's they announced some other stuff, but I don't remember it all off the top of my head. Um, just some quick notes on the show and without like spoiling every little thing, we'll quickly talk about some all in stuff before we get into the more serious stuff. Um, you know, it, it's, I, I feel like this daytime thing is one of the worst, uh, schedules for me personally. Although I know a lot of football fans are up at 11 AM watching their sport or earlier, man. Um, our time, I mean, I've been starting to watch kind of arsenal games and, the one last week that they, they they opened the season at four thirty a.m. our time, which is you. That's the middle of the day for you. Damn. But wow. then they think they had their game this week was at yeah. Uh, they had one at noon, which is perfect because there's an eight hour time difference for us to the UK. Okay. So yeah, I I watch a lot. Of, actually, uh, there's on NBC uh, NBC. Uh, excuse me. What what am Peacock? I saying? It's called Peacock. Peacock. Yeah. Uh, I'll watch, you know, in the middle of the night, like I get home at two, three a.m. and I'll check out uh, sports, and there's like live sports on at three, four a.m. a lot of times. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Kind of so, cool. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool. This one was a, a little odd timing. I watched um, a little bit of it. Everything that I watched seemed pretty good so far. Um, mainly, I think, uh, without going through all the results and stuff, just quickly some announcements here. Um, so. They did announce All In 2, or 3, or All In 2024. Did you did you see that? Back in England next year? I did. I think I did see them announce that, yeah. So I don't think they're going to sell the, the 80, 90,000 again, because that's you know, like the novelty factor. But uh, yeah, I think they think they... That was the argument I heard, too, is the fact they sold so many is because people felt like they're not going to come back for a while. But now that, you know... Yeah. Well, and you know that like WWE is going to try to break that record as soon as physically possible. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if in, what is it, one, two, like three years, if they do the Wembley WrestleMania. I think right now it's already planned for Philadelphia and then Nashville. You know what I'm going to look so, up? Because I'm going to guess. I don't know. 
you know, what the club that um, the con zone is. Uh, the, the cottage, the Craven, uh, Craven yeah, Cottage. Yeah, it's Fulham, but that's a very small place they play in. 22,000 capacity. Yeah, it's like that's an American-sized arena. Yeah, that's, almost a that's bigger an arena, arena show, yeah. And I was looking to see the image of it, so I don't think they could go, come back and do that place. It says the record attendance yeah. in 1938 was 49,000. Probably a different building back then. But um, so it's yeah, not exactly. like that building is just too small for them to run. Even, you know. Yeah, yeah England's real weird that way. You, and, you know, also different countries are different because of what sports are popular. In America, you know, and you know this. I'm, I'm not saying anything we don't know. I'm just, we're talking to the audience here. You know, base, basketball and hockey are so popular in America and so we have all these large-sized arenas, indoor arenas, all over the country. Well, we're also but that's a huge not really country in terms of land mass as well. So there's more room for stuff like that. Uh, you know, England's an island that's, you know, the size England of, itself, yes, it is pretty, it is pretty that's small. That's the but size of, like, yeah. I don't know, um, one of the Carolinas No, but I would, say that, I, I would say that even in mainland Europe, I would guess that there's not as many big indoor arenas. Right. Would be a guess. Right. Be my guess. They have also soccer being or football being the most popular sport, pretty much. But basketball is quite popular too. So, but those indoor arenas, it's just different. America's is very unique for that. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens next year. I think that's exciting. Um, another announcement was uh, Wrestle Slam. Right. <laughs> um, wrestle, no, Wrestle Dream, Wrestle Dream. Wrestle Dream, right? I almost said, because I think there was one called Dream Slam. So you know, I was talking. <laughs> I think there was Dream Slam. I like this idea because I was talking with a buddy about this, and I was saying that that AEW needs a cheesy, you know, WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom type name for a show that's kind of seen as their marquee show. And Wrestle Dream is right. Yeah, is right. I think they need that because, like, all out, all in, all those names. Like, there's just nothing that stands out as when I hear WrestleMania or even like Wrestle Kingdom. To me, that sounds like okay. Oh yeah, Super Bowl. No, I agree. They need. You get the word wrestle, you throw on something awesome. I mean, remember they were gonna do Wrestle Dynasty. Uh, that was New Japan. They were gonna run that before COVID. I don't know if you remember. I I actually have that bumper sticker. Believe it or not. Oh shit! You actually got the bumper sticker. Well, for it? I guess when I when I when I ordered that Hanari shirt, they sent it in there. They sent the stickers and some buttons in there too. Well, at least you got your Hanari shirt. Well, I don't know um, you, brother. I know. I need to call up. I need to actually hit him up. Um, he's probably busy right now. But uh, by the way, this was a All Japan Women Dream Slam was the show I was thinking of. It was in 1993, and it drew 16,500 people. So that was uh, that was a big deal. So there was a Dream Slam, and that's what I got it mixed up with. But this show is going to be a Climate Pledge Arena, October, early October, um, pay-per-view for AEW. And it will be a tribute of sorts to Antonio Inoki. And that's going to be in right Japan, here. right? No, it's going to be in Seattle. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yes, yes. I was a little confused by that, too. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for a new pay-per-view, it's kind of nice to have a theme instead of just being like, oh, these people are mad, so we're going to call this one Fist Fight or whatever. Right. So, 
Um, cause you have a theme and then you can put stuff, whatever you want on it. So, uh, and he, you know, he's trying to get, he said he's trying to get people from other promotions and stuff. So maybe this will be like, a uh, another forbidden door. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Wrestle dream. Because I guess that, uh, Inoki was a dreamer, but sure. he was kind of a dick from when we talked about him too. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot, <laughs> wrestling promoter, you got to have a, a little bit of that, of that in you, you know? Yeah, that's especially back in that day. Yeah, and I feel it like would... Tony Khan tries, but he's not really like that. Anyway, that's a whole other topic we can get into. Nah, I don't, I don't think he's that same way, but, uh, you know, business changes over time. Um, but, yeah, so all in, uh, we'll talk more about that later when Justin and I have seen all the detailed matches. Uh, I just got done watching the Young Bucks versus FTR. That was actually, the finish was really great. And lots of big, big kickouts. Uh, that was that seemed like a classic match. I heard there was a Wheeler's so. Got a Gun chant. Oh God! That, well, there's all the, you know. It's England. They chant so much stuff you can't even tell. Everything I was getting happened. this. You know, I was in this conversation, and we we're like, if if you know, Vince would have not let FTR go over. You know, after that little incident, he never would have gotten this charge. He would have. You know. You know. You could say. There was, th- yeah, if he didn't, you know, Vince would have, like, you're going to lose this match because <laughs> because of the gun thing, you know? You think Vince would have said that? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think it makes sense because... He- I, I doubt it. I mean, J- Jim... Jay Uso, J- but Jimmy, he's still... I think Jimmy Uso. They, Jimmy they didn't Uso. Take the, I didn't, they didn't take the titles off him at the time. I don't even know if they had the titles yet. I feel like he got in, like, two DUIs over the time but I've like, been watching. Someone like and, Jeff uh, Hardy, you know, they finally got rid of him but yeah but then he worked for AEW and he just wrestled recently i think it just depends on who you are that's all depends on who you are yeah yes obviously because if you're on the top of the card you can get away with shit like that too and yeah. people will quickly forget about it. but if you're like already on thin ice you know fans will stop liking you and stuff happens but truth is fdr is very popular they're actually well respected uh, by other wrestlers from what i've heard so it's a weird situation where it's like well we're gonna give this guy benefit of the doubt but if it was you know some fuck up or something you know who's not that popular like jack gallagher or what you know like then it's like well fuck off or you know so. if you just prove that you're not like worth the trouble right like someone yeah, like Enzo Amore, where he's just got so big of a head about himself that it's not worth the hassle for them to have him, you know. Or or almost a Leo Rush in NXT. He uh, he, you know, was an NXT guy, and he was like, people were trying to get me to carry their bags, like I was a young boy and I've been wrestling for this long, and right. I ain't gonna carry your bag, you know, stuff like that. Almost almost reminds me of old Big Cass too before. When he was kind of a troublemaker and like kicking doors down, it's like, dude, if you were Hulk Hogan, you could do this shit. But if you're in the NXT on the low card, like you can't be kicking doors down, bro. Yeah, because I remember the whole Enzo thing. Like he drew money for them, and he was very popular, right? I mean, that's anyone can agree with that. Mm-hmm. But the way he, the guy thought, he, was cool. he, he just basically thought he was going to be the next world champ or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think you got it. I think some wrestlers have to think that. Yeah, bro. yeah. Just, but I mean, he was, you know, really. You know, out about yeah, it, right? Um, you know, he, he, outward and with you know, 
And I think Triple H would try and take him down a few pegs just to slow him down. And I, because I don't know if about you, but I think Triple H seems like a pretty even keel guy. Like, I don't think he mm. screams and yells all the time. Yeah, I don't think he's like that. I think he's like a pretty calm guy that, you know, will have a conversation with you. But, you know. He seems more even killed than Vince McMahon, I'll put it that way. Yeah, probably. Which I is mean, not saying a whole lot, but like, yes, I'm he I'm sure does he has not. his moments, but he seems like a little more of a, you know, calming influence than... From all others. we've seen, yeah. He's, yeah. He, if anything, I at one point he was like a bit of a bully, but that might have been years ago too. Right. So. But I mean, I think with him, it's like, yeah, that wasn't worth it. But, uh, oh, did you hear about this whole Jack Perry uh, CM Punk thing? Are you asking me right now? Yeah. I was trying to avoid it. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's part of what no, happened No, we can today. talk. We can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I don't want to... I'm careful talking about this stuff because, one, I'm tired of it, and two, I just... I'm. I'm some of these issues like I'm starting to kind of like be like uh, I find Punk it to be honest with bad. you I, I I find it like hard to believe that all of a sudden Jack Perry is difficult <laughs> makes it me well, see it like it's a character on, thing but whatever yeah and that's the other thing too it's like we only know what we've heard and I mean you know uh, essentially, the thing was, I guess, okay, the, the quick story is that before you had Jack, this is what we have heard. Who knows if it's yeah. true? We haven't heard this from sources. We're, we're just like, we you. don't have sources. Uh, it was Jack Perry had uh, originally wanted to do a glass angle with real glass on Collision and CM Punk, who is one of the heads of that show, said no. And there was a kerfuffle, I guess. And then. You know, CM Punk has thin skin, and anything that anyone says that is remotely aimed towards him, he gets upset about. And I guess during his match with Hook that he did... I, I didn't even see it. They are like, oh, he made fun of CM Punk. I watched the match. I didn't even see oh, it. Oh, I saw it. Yeah. But he, what did he say? He didn't. I didn't hear him say anything about said, glass or anything. He did. He like looked right in the camera, and he said, real glass. Cry me a river, or something like that. Well... But I, you know, it's yeah, funny because this is the with the if the argument they had beforehand, um, like was true, where Perry wanted to, you know, Jungle Boy wanted to go through some kind of glass or whatever, and CM Punk was like, "No, you don't need to do that." We talked about that, right? Maybe and, I, I, I don't think it's yeah, a, it's but a bad. I kind thing. of uh, agree with CM Punk. No, you don't have to go through. No, real me glass, too. You know. Um, uh, I, I don't, I don't, and you know, there's so many nuances to the conversation. Maybe it was a car. He wanted to hit a car. And in that case, that might be a little safer than just going through straight up real glass. But we don't know. I don't know. Um, but in, in general, you never really need real glass in any wrestling <laughs> at all. It's really, you know, but right. he wanted it. And so there was a little thing there. Uh, there might have been a physical altercation. The thing that I heard that was funny is it's like, and then he choked out Jungle Boy, you know. Uh, I don't know, bro. Like, I'm starting to get confused if, like, wrestling should be, like, our jobs and, like, none of this stuff should be acceptable or if, like, some dudes need to... I don't know. Because the violence is generally bad. But also, with the history of wrestling is kind of littered with stories like this, too. So I just don't know anymore. Hmm. 
did 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 Vince McMahon deserve to get punched? When did he get like all the times he got punched, or when? By Bret Hart. I mean, no, I don't think. I mean, that's a whole other level when you, you know, like decide to be physically, you know, without being physically like, you know, uh, uh, engaged, right? Like. If you say I'm gonna go punch that guy in the face, and you have all that like time to, like, med- you know, uh, what do they call it? Medita- premeditated, right? Yeah, think about it, plan it. Yeah, um, wasn't a spur of the moment thing where they're both yelling and screaming, yeah. and then maybe one guy just went too far. It was, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, my, I, I, I guess the thing is, is like this show seemed like it was a generally a success. And uh, I'd kind of like to focus on that. And if this other thing is an issue, then we'll be talking about it for the next six months, you know. And uh, even when the all out thing happened, like I did not really want to talk much about it afterwards. Um, I'm hoping this doesn't mean that CM Punk's going to be out of the company for another eight months and then they're going to do a review and an investigation. Yeah, I don't know what the timeline was with with. CM Punk's match versus that, or when it happened, I don't know. Don't know. Now, did you? So you don't know if CM Punk because actually his match was with with uh, Joe. His match was Joe was pretty damn good actually. Saw, I thought it was I good. saw bits and pieces of the online, yeah, yeah, and that was right after the the quote unquote you know altercation had happened. Oh, it was after so, okay, immediately after, like they mm. were afraid he wasn't going to make it to the ring. Oh wow! So um, yeah, but. Uh, I'm wondering if CM Punk showed up in the post, uh, post match at the end of the show. I thought I had, I don't know if I had heard that. Do you know what happened in the post match? Only clips I've seen is with MJF. Okay. We'll figure it out. By the way, do you remember, this is so random. This is like a total sidebar, kind of a segue. Do you remember when they were doing, going to do, um, Nikki, no, no, yeah, Nikki Bella and John Cena versus the Miz and Maurice at WrestleMania. I remember that kind of being a rumored match that didn't actually well, happen. They did, didn't didn't they do it? I thought they did. Yeah, or they did. They and did. They was did. John Cena supposed to propose? Didn't he propose? Was it at Mania he that he proposed, pro- or was it SummerSlam? Or like he did propose? Yeah. yeah. No, it's just I was watching some of the sketches, and it was the uh, uh, Miz as John Cena. And Maurice as Nikki Bella sketches. Did you ever watch those? I I've seen either clips or memes of it. Yeah, I might have to send you them. They are pretty good. I mean, it's John Cena awkwardly. You have broken Rule Forty Two in John Cena's household. No using John Cena to further your career on camera. You know stuff like that. Right. Yeah, I think I've seen that. And, yeah. And then he's like, Nikki, I'm finally going to get you a ring. And she's like, oh, my God, John, I'm so excited. A real WWE wrestling ring, a toy edition. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm probably okay. I don't need to see that, but yeah. Yeah, I think you need to see it. Mm. It's funny. You should go watch it right <laughs> after this. Uh, so that was just a, a random thing to bring up a segue. Talk about a little something happy before we get into... Uh, a rough week in wrestling, really, yeah. all things considered. Um Having flashbacks to, you know, co- early COVID when we had, 
It's okay. Yeah. Hopefully the dog's clean. Yeah, it's, it's a real life show here. All good. Having some flashbacks to early COVID with uh, Jonathan Huber, uh, Chad Gasford, and yeah. Hannah Kimura. Yeah. Um, just a lot of things happening at once. And uh, so we'll go a little through this earlier in the week. Uh, kind of, I guess, seemingly out of nowhere, but not really for those that know the situation. Um, we had Terry Funk, who passed away. Um, so why don't you start out, Justin? And I'd like to hear uh, kind of, you're, you're a little older than me, so just get, get a, a vibe of what you know about Terry Funk or how you might have felt about him growing up. When, did you ever not like him or did you like him at certain points? Just give us a, a perspective top-down perspective um well i think i might have remembered my first memories of terry funk might have been with him doing stuff with hogan on like saturday's main event in the mid 80s when he had the whole like okay. kind of cowboy gimmick with the poncho and the brand branding iron yeah um and wasn't necessarily a prominent figure in my viewing as a kid but then the ECW run, you know, with the uh, with the striped pants and the headband and the, you know, the Funk U stuff. And uh, is that what he was doing, Funk U University? Something like that, yeah. And then, um, okay. you know, moving on into the Attitude Era where he was Terry Funk and also a character called Chainsaw Charlie that was teaming with uh, Cactus Jack. Um, but when was he Chainsaw Charlie? Uh, 97, 98. Interesting. Uh, WrestleMania Ma- a math wrestler. He basically wore like a pantyhose. I don't want, want my dog is scratching oh, it. Oh, okay. She wants Chainsaw something in that Charlie. box. Uh, yeah. And he, he debuted by chainsaw his way out of a box. Oh wow! Okay, they um, really tried to just redo char- uh, redo him into Chainsaw Charlie. I guess, but everyone kind of knew it was Terry Funk, and um, they had a great—I uh, think it was the '98 Rumble, where it was him and uh, Cactus Jack were number one and two. Uh, it was pretty funny, a good angle there where they just were beating the crap out of each other. And if someone came in, they would beat them up, and then they would start hitting each other with chairs and everything. Mm. Um. So you know that was his run, and then I think he after he shook off the whole, um, uh, you know, Chainsaw Charlie thing. He had a tag team for a minute with um, with Two Cold Scorpio. When was this? Late nineties. That yeah, late nineties. Probably you know ended ninety eight into ninety nine, maybe something like that. So kind of after. The, the WrestleMania 14 uh, was was Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie against the New Age Outlaws in a dumpster match. Ooh, okay. Uh, and then, you know, the next night on Raw, they lost. What it was, you know, it, it was a good two or three month run of Chainsaw Charlie. And if you do the image <laughs> search, it's pretty funny with him. I um, just did. I'm I'm actually watching a video of him now. Breaking out of a box with a chainsaw. Yes. And it was his debut in 97. Right. And there's sparks coming off the chainsaw. Yeah. And it looks like these two hockey player dudes. Are they the New Age Outlaws? Yeah, badass Billy Gunn. Okay, and I'm seeing that now. So, of course, 
you know, some of the fans were like, what the fuck? That's not Chainsaw Charlie. That's yeah. Terry Funk. Yeah. So if you were someone that really didn't were familiar with him, you might be like, who's Terry Funk at that time? Because there was a lot of people getting into wrestling around that time that didn't know about wrestling. For most, for lack of a better way. I to mean, say I it. didn't know who Cactus. Ch- Whoa, wait, was Chainsaw Charlie really going to try to chainsaw the post in half? Okay, I, they sent Charlie him out there with a, the post. They sent him out there with a chainsaw with no chain on it, basically. Yeah. So the yeah, noise would just be made, and he would, you know, get sparks because something was spinning, but there was no sharpness to the chain. So. Yeah, because you want to be able to touch people with it, right? I don't know if they ever gotten close to that, but. You don't know if they actually tried no. to chainsaw anybody? No, they didn't. Okay. <laughs> okay, chainsaw Charlie. Yeah, that is that is interesting. Um, also, something I brought up earlier, um, that would be uh, wrestling uh, Beyond the Mat. Yes. Yeah, that uh, was a memorable uh, kind of scene he had in that, whether it was a scene with Dennis Stamp trying to get him to referee his quote-unquote final match against Bret Hart, I think it was. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, the doctor basically telling him, you have no cartilage left in your knees, and <laughs> telling him, you know, you shouldn't be wrestling on this at all. And he probably went yeah. another five or six, seven, eight years. And this was in the late 90s, too. Yeah, mid mid to late 90s, yeah. Yeah. And oh, man. he just kept going. I... I- I watched that one not too long ago, to be honest, and just, you know, I, I will say I, I was a little, and maybe I shouldn't be because they were being very honest, but, like, the way he portrayed Terry Funk's honest lifestyle was a little, like, you know, it was that it was like the wrestler, uh, like the wrestler who had their glory and shit, and now they're just living a normal-ass life, right? Uh-huh, right. Average Joe. And that was that was kind of hard to watch because he's like, oh, my favorite wrestler ever was this guy, Terry Funk, and then dude can barely get out of bed, you know, barely able to move around. Uh, that that was that was kind of hard to watch. And I and when I watched it, I remember thinking, oh, this was this was years ago too. This was years ago, and the dude can barely move. And he went he went on a few uh, years after that too. He wasn't necessarily done for a long, a decent amount of time after that movie. Uh yeah, so let's let's check out his cage match, Terry Funk's cage match. Um and before I go into that, I'll give a quick quick one for those who aren't as well educated and you know, Justin and I are no experts on Terry Funk, we'll put it that way. Um Definitely know so he's a legend and uh had some great contributions to wrestling. I mean, you know, his stuff with Ric Flair um, you know, I watched a lot of stuff that in this Japan last week too. Uh, uh, and we'll, we'll, we will get it. We'll get into that too. Cause that's like a whole different career. Yeah. Um, uh, his stuff with, uh, I saw him, I, I, I went into this like guy that said, you know, well, how do I watch Terry Funk? Where do I start? And they said, start 19, like 89 WCW with Ric Flair. And then, you know, go from there. So wow, I, I, I watched, yeah. I think you can go further back than that even him and his brother yeah. dory and you know this is another guy that was a third second generation guy you know Mm-hmm. yeah so just for those that might not know just to get a gist of it yeah he's from amarillo west texas i don't know about amarillo specifically but he's from west texas 
Uh, if you guys have never been to West Texas or if you're an international listener, West Texas is like mostly empty fields everywhere. But there are cities in between these places. There are there's there's stuff there. And uh, Terry Funk is, is from that area. And, you know, he has a brother, Dory Funk Jr., who he teamed with quite a bit. Um, and they had a great tag team. In fact, you go and you watch some of the old uh, champion carnivals or all Japan wrestling tag team tournaments and you will see terry and his brother have these ridiculously over matches uh their dad was dory funk senior and -hmm. i don't know a ton about his their dad but uh they are second generation generation wrestlers and you know they got into the biz and learned a lot of stuff from their dad so yeah and these guys were so i'm on i'm on terry funk's um Let's see. I'm on his. Wasn't his a lot of their page. stuff the Funks versus the Von Erichs in that territory back in the day? Oh man, there were the Funks versus. Let's see. I'm going back here now. I'm going back in time on the case. You know, you had oh, the Funks versus Von Erichs. Uh, I'm trying to look. Say in the 70s, in the late 70s, there were a lot of Abdul the Butcher and the Sheik versus Dory and Terry Funk. Right. That was a very common one. Um, later on, a lot of Abdullah the Bitcher, Jerry, uh, Giant Baba, and then once we get into the 80s, which we're at about here now, and we have a lot of Stan Hansen and Terry Gordy versus Dory Funk and Terry Funk, Bob Orton versus uh, Terry Funk, lots of Japanese stuff. I mean, from 1980 to 1985, it's almost all Jet Japan. And then we have that run you were talking about in WWF at the time. Um, I'm trying to find the Freebirds here. Or did you say the Von Erichs? Well, the Freebirds, I think, were with the Von Erichs. But I think uh, there, was, there must have been something with the Funks and the Von Erichs in Texas. Hmm. thought I had heard something similar to that as well. I'm having trouble finding, finding, the, uh, finding the match, but... Lots of stuff in Japan, um, like I said, until until the 80s. And then what is this company he wrestled for? I've never even seen this company. World Wrestling Council. Okay, that's mm. in Puerto Rico. There you so, go. Some Puerto Rico, Carlos Colon, Ricky Martel, Barry Windham. Um, then he wrestled in WCW, yep, in the late 80s. So, you know, Eddie Guerrero. He went against Eddie Guerrero. Ranger Ross, Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair, Cougar... <sighs> Cougar J. Who is Cougar J, by the way? I'm not sure. And, you know, Terry Funk, not terribly physically imposing compared to other guys of that era, you know? He always looked like a pretty big guy to me. You to know, be six honest. foot one. Okay. Six foot one. So, pretty normal. But it, he was 250 pounds. Build ass. He was a. Uh, yeah, so you're right though. Not not nothing like a say a big Van Vader, something or just, like that. You right? know, Hogan, Bob Orton. You know, he wasn't uh, gigantic. No, I I think that's where. Well, even Japan, they were pretty big though. But as far as Japan goes, he kind of could fit in well there as a big heavyweight in Japan. Um, yeah, you're right. He, he compared to a lot of guys in America. Um, it wasn't, wasn't the same. So one thing about Terry Funk is that, um, it's hard to know really 
as an American, his how how big his career was because I, I have heard that in Japan he was like, you know, very very popular. Um, many people saying that it was between him and uh, Stan Hansen was mm. for the most popular gaijin. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Does your wife know who Terry Funk no. is? No. She'd never heard of him. Mm-mm. That's always the question of of if they are mainstream, right? I mean, maybe. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he had this huge career in Japan. And again, I've got, I have a bunch of them on a DVD here. You go back and watch those old matches, and they're they're awesome. I mean, he was super over. Always kind of wrestled as a heel in America for some reason, but in Japan, he uh, he was really a beloved babyface. He also he also had a part in the uh, Hell in the Cell match for some reason. Why? Well, he was checking on Mick Foley in between incidents with the Undertaker, right? What what was he doing in WWE at this point? It's like the dude jumped from company to company. Um, was he in? Was he working for them at that time with the whole Chainsaw Charlie, all that stuff? Well, I think he was still kind of like like he was still kind of on the active roster, having okay. having matches with uh, Mick Foley here and there. Because I remember, so it it was his relationship with McFoley that made him go out there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, I see. Um, another thing about Terry Funk that reminds me a lot about Chris Jericho is that if you look, the guy was like pretty much doing the whole constant reinvention thing. Um, you know what you know what I mean? I mean, you look at all these different eras, and like you said, you think. Okay, ECW, he's got on the stripes, pants, and the headband, and right? He's this, like, hardcore kind of guy then. You go back, and then to the early days, he's wearing his, you know, little tights and doing his more standard wrestling. He's been dressed as a cowboy, right? Yeah, I mean, his changes were... Yeah, I would say, like, it's almost like... Uh, yeah, he had to change things up here and there. Um not as drastic as Jericho would go sometimes. Um, no, but a lot all of wrestlers the same, go their whole career doing the same thing. Yeah, they all had the same core, like, thing. Crazy man? Yeah. He, all had, he had pretty much a similar, you know, attitude with everyone, I think. Yeah. From what I remember. Although, I mean, like I said, in America... His whole crazy man thing was like, he's a crazy heel. But in Japan, it's like, a, oh, he's so crazy. We don't know what he'll do. We love this guy. Middle-aged and crazy so, after a while, right? Middle-aged and crazy? That sounds a little bit like you and I. Yeah. Super Are tight. we middle-aged yet? I think so. I mean, we're getting there. Is that 50? Maybe I am. I don't know about you yet. You're only like three years older than me, dude. Three? Not five? Yeah. How old are you? 37. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know, dude. Don't, yeah. Don't pretend like we're some, some totally different generation. I thought here. it was five, but okay. No, no wait. 37. Yeah, I'm five years older than you. You're 40. Yeah, 42. Okay. Uh, do you know some of the 
nicknames that uh, Terry Funk had besides middle aged and crazy? I mean, I'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure if I hear him, like, yeah. The hardcore icon? Sure. The Texas Bronco? Double cross and ramps what, from that area, right? They would say. What were his special moves? What did he use? What were his, his finishers? Let's see. I know he no, had, you can't look it up. I don't remember off the top of my head, to be honest. The spinning toehold and the pile oh, driver. Right. Pile driver, spinning toehold, and then he had some good punches, too. You know what was a great match that I recommend people go watch that I saw years ago, but I saw it on a on a stupid DVD, but the, the it was pretty good. Go watch uh, Jerry Lawler versus Terry Funk in an empty arena match. Have you seen that one? I've heard it. Uh, yeah, I think years ago. Yeah, I think you've it's talked pretty about good. it too. Yeah, yeah, it's good because uh, Terry Funk just gets his ass beat the whole time. And he's just like screaming at at Jerry Lawler, and it's really weird too because this was now we don't really like empty arena matches anymore because of COVID, but like this was not during COVID time, so they just did it to do it, and the whole match is just fucking him that oh you you rat bastard you got me in the eye you know just screaming at him like ah what you doing in my eye <laughs> and so uh, yeah I don't know man it was. Uh, it was pretty good stuff. So, yeah, anything else to, to say about Terry Funk? Obviously, someone who we did not really grow up with knowing everything about them. Uh, Terry Funk was doing stuff in Japan, and we had no clue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of someone we saw on American TV every here and then. Every, you know, every once in a while. Uh, did you watch him while he was in ECW? Yeah, here and there, yeah. I was very young. And was was he a champion or anything? He like was that, the ECW or? champion for a while. Yes, he was the champion. Yes. Okay. So uh, people are telling me go check out Terry Funk versus Bret Hart from Terry Funk's WrestleFest in '97. Um. Okay. Did you mm-hmm. know that one? I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, Terry Funk versus Tully Blanchard, Slamboree 94. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Funk at ECW, Barely Legal 97. Um, and this, these are probably all retirement matches, by the way. That's another funny thing about Terry Funk, is like he's retired like 20 times. Right. Of course, you've heard that, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, because that's what we were saying about <clears throat> the whole thing about uh, Beyond the Mat was around his last match, which definitely was not his last match. Do you know his last match actually for those listening his last match actually was in 2015 I was going to say and, it uh, was fairly recent and he was probably about 70 or something and he wrestled Jerry, Jerry Lawler for USA Championship Wrestling you know the famous USA Championship Wrestling wow and yeah I don't that's all I know about that I don't have any any I don't even know if it was on TV or not um, he was in PWG in 2011, though. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Yeah, I've seen the clips of that, yeah. Okay, so they had a whole a old legend. There's like some kind of battle royal or something he was in. Roddy Piper, Tatanka, The Barbarian, Tito Santana, Vampiro, Shane Douglas, Chavo Guerrero Sr., 
That's wow. fun. Um, he in 2010 also he wrestled in New Japan. So hmm. uh, that was Abdullah the Butcher, Takashi Izuka, Tomohiro Ishii, hmm. and Toru Yano versus Manobu Nakanishi, Masahiro Chono, Ricky Choshu, and Terry Funk. That actually sounds kind of fun. Yeah, might might have to go check that out. And uh, lots of you know, in the, since 2000, it looks like he was doing just you know some stuff in Japan, some stuff in ROH, some stuff here. They did CM Punk versus Terry Funk in 2003 in Ring of Honor. He might be the only um, person to ever compete in WWF when it was called WWF, WCW, New Japan, Ring of Honor. And uh, all Japan, and all Japan, like you know what I mean. Like, there's probably very few people that can check all that, right? God, when WWF yeah. was called Vader, WWF. maybe. No, Vader never wrestled for WWE or ROE right? or, or ROH, right? Or ROH. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's that's very interesting. Just I to say, say how many like... decades that he, you know, worked like. He was able to be a part of a lot of, um, you know, organizations that no one could touch. I mean, I'm looking. Was he in TNA too? He might have been for a minute. Like, I don't see. It, it never looks like he got into TNA. He did some MLW, but I don't think he ever formed a relationship with uh, Impact. And then, because mm. I'm seeing XPW in 2002. Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. Johnny Webb versus Terry Funk. Yeah. And then, oh, wait, TNA. CM Punk ver- and Julio De Niro versus Raven and Terry Funk. Wow. 2004. There you go. So, so he's almost competed in, like, every main televised company ever. Pretty much. I wouldn't be surprised if that dude wrestled in stardom at one point. <laughs> so... He's he's definitely he's he's done a lot, man. Yeah, and, uh, it's pretty crazy just looking through this match list here. I mean, huh? I won't bore all of y'all with all the details of everything, but man, he's just—it's like you see, like oh, this huge Royal Rumble, and then you know, soon after he was wrestling for ECW, and then he was wrestling at Sushi Onita in a Texas Tornado Street Death Fight, and then he was doing a Royal Rumble the next year, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. Pretty crazy stuff here. So we give our 10-bell salute uh, to the Funker, Terry Funk. And, uh, you know, we celebrate that. And this is one of the things I hate when people pass away, no doubt about it. But when the wrestling uh, community comes together and we can celebrate them, you know, I always love going back and watching those types of matches. So For sure. Why don't we move on to... I, and I hate that we have to talk about this twice this week. It's so bad. It's very rough. Um, yeah. Why don't we uh, move on and I'll let you kind of, I'll let you take the reins. Yeah. I mean, what makes this one rough is, you know, with Terry Funk, we knew that, you know, his kind of, his health was, had been on the decline for the last handful of years. Right. Yeah. Um, and also a guy that was in his mid to late seventies, you know, Lived a and very, already had a long career. Yeah, and a long list of, you know, injuries and just, you know, a hard career of doing all sorts of crazy stuff, right? So, um, 
but this one was more of a shock, and it, that this was, you know, the passing of Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda. Um, Horrible. Yeah, came out of nowhere, uh, for sure. I mean, I know he had been out for a while with, with you know, I don't know when his last appearance was. Um, I'd have to look it his up. His last appearance was before WrestleMania, because, I mean, he was, he was going to, was it him and Bobby Lashley were supposed to wrestle? Um, so, and I don't even think he made any, I think like Howdy, Uncle Howdy made an appearance for that. And so before that even. Right, right. So, I mean, I think he was winding, you know, from my understanding, you know, when we found out what the problem was that why he passed away was that he, you know, had a bout with COVID a few months ago or some point and he had some kind of respiratory condition or something that it just really did him in and he was starting to get better and then he had a heart attack right is that what happened or what was said sorry i can't hear you right now give me one second yeah yeah headphones pop there we go there we go right all right were you still talking no just saying that i guess i guess he had a really bad uh, about with COVID, uh, yeah, and yeah, I, I, he was. I don't know. If, he had some type of, um, you know, lung condition that was that didn't take well to the COVID, and then. So I never got the. I never got what the actual sickness was. Not that it's that important, right? Um, well, I guess what happened was he he had a bad time recovering from the co with from that's COVID I, with some kind of pre existing lung condition he had. Uh, yeah. and then he was starting to get better and then he had a heart attack. I hate to say this, but it reminds me a lot of Huber of Brody Lee in yeah. the sense that not the COVID part. Right. Uh, in fact, in fact, when that happened with, uh, Brody Lee, there was a, a writer named Bruce Mitchell, really respected writer. Yeah. Kept trying to say that it was COVID. And the wife was like, well, it wasn't. And uh, Bruce Mitchell lost his job, af- uh, uh, actually, from not retracting that statement. Well, in this case, it, it, it was COVID that pushed, helped push. Um, not that any of this really matters. The fact is the person's gone. I mean, you know, we can say wear a mask and all that stuff. And, and I, I think, if anything, the learning lesson is that this COVID shit is still no joke. Um, we've all gotten so used to it. But look... All it takes is one, you know, bout of COVID to push someone over the edge. But but back to the actual. <clears throat> so um, the you act- know, thirty six years of age. Had a heart attack, age. right? Yeah. He had a heart attack. Yeah, and I don't know. Like I know we've had our talks about him in the past, but for me, when I was kind of getting back into wrestling, you know, circa end of two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen ish or whatever. Um, yeah. Tell tell us tell us how how. How you felt about him, and then I'll I'll give my turns. You know, he was a guy that really kind of, you know, put me back into it. It was one of my favorites coming back in. Uh, you know, the Hawaiian shirts, the kind of Cape Fear thing, the cult leader thing. The the music was cool. The entrance, um, it was also cool to me uh, coming back in. He had the cool finisher, uh, the weird promos. With the sudden endings and the the sheet mask kind of thing, uh, I don't know. I just really dug it when I was getting back into wrestling, and <clears throat> you know, we always thought that 
he would get his push. Finally, they, you know, he, he was a world champion. He won it at the, uh, uh, what was it, the, uh, what do they call it? Elimination Chamber, right? Um, mm. Had a brief run with it, lost at WrestleMania to Randy Orton or whatever, but um, came back with, you know, some tweaks to the character, but nothing too drastic. Um, yeah. And then was The Fiend, right? Uh, that was something he, that he came up with. Just a real kind of cerebral guy. And from what I hear, a great dude and well-liked. And, you know, had young yeah, you kids had, and just super, super unfortunate. Yeah, you had uh, The Fiend, the Fireflies Funhouse and The Fiend 2019 to 2021. Um, there was... There, he was released actually, which he was now released we're briefly, finding yeah. out that may have had to do with his 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 actual uh, physical issues. Mm. Um, so I mean, he was known he was, to be a guy that would have frequent injuries too. Um, I don't know if they related to what, but but I think that release though that release was pretty shocking. Now they were releasing a lot of people around that time. I mean, and some of them were a little confusing. Like, well, I thought the Iconics, like, I was like, oh, they're pretty enter- entertaining. Um, but this was one of those ones, and I listened to many podcasts since since then, and a lot of people said when Bray Wyatt released, it was like, oh, shit, anybody could be released. Another thing is that his contract during the Fiend era, Fiend era was extremely high. He was making a shitload of money. He was also one of the the biggest merchandise sellers in WWE all throughout his career. Absolutely. From the action figures and t-shirts, he was, he was a merch magnet, like with the kind of stuff, the masks, the masks, you know, yeah, yeah. really he's a type of character. You can sell all sorts of stuff. Absolutely. All sorts of different cool uh, stuff. The masks, whether it be the fiend or the, the sheep, the, the, the sheep mask, or um, just a Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Something like that. Um, he did come back. And yeah, I guess I guess the the current uh, saga kind of starts then in September 2022. There's all sorts of different stuff, all sorts of stop and starts, and like we were, you know, I'm sure we've been like, hey, what happened to him at this point? But again, now we know, you know, now we know what was going on this whole time. Um, <sighs> and he had a feud with L.A. Knight too, but. Uh, Says, yeah, he was supposed to go against Bobby Lashley, and that that didn't happen. And then this uh, happens. Um, Can I talk about my impressions of him real quick? Yeah, go for it. And this is another thing I want to tell people here is, you know, this isn't like Terry Funk where, like, we heard so much stuff. Like, we we pretty much saw most of his major career, right? I mean, besides the first, uh, maybe uh, plus or minus a year or two. We saw Probably, we watched yeah. this guy's whole career play out. I don't besides I was, NXT and right, Huskis. The and, Husky Harris era I probably missed out on. But you know, it was a guy that when you know I was starting to get wrestling was, you know, definitely not even thirty yet. He definitely made a uh, a big impact, I'll say that. As a character. Um and the thing is is I have been very critical of him and his creativity uh, and stuff like that. And I'd hope that I'm the type that if someone passes away, I still feel the same way about their creativity. But the fact is, is that even though I had my issues, I do think that the uh, I do think that the whole the the, the actual Wyatt family is a is a pretty cool group. 
And uh, looking back now, I mean, it's, it's this group that actually everyone kind of thought, thought was cool. I mean, and it's weird to think that only one of those original members is, is alive today. That's that's horrible. But um, yeah. they, they had a lot of heat. I mean, them against the Shield was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wyatt against John Cena was huge. Yep. And I mean, yep. you're putting this guy against John Cena after he's only been around a few years in the, you know, uh, that was huge. Uh, him against The Undertaker was cool, but they did it during the daytime. And he was, he did not like that. Well, it was also it a, a West Coast WrestleMania where it didn't get dark yeah. until 8 o'clock. So that would have been tough to pull off. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you had you had other people part of his family. You had uh, Randy Orton uh, join his family. Yeah, at one and point. Braun Strowman. And Braun Strowman, of course. Daniel Bryan, I believe. Briefly, that was a, for yeah, a that, that was a brief. Yeah, he and did. So you know, a lot of people call him a creative genius. Um, I'm not going to say he's not. Um, he obviously was creative, very creative. I mean. And sometimes in wrestling, that can be kind of hard. You have a million ideas a minute. I almost, I compare Bray Wyatt to Malachi Black in the sense that it seems like they've always got, always got these ideas for things going on. And sometimes it can get too much. It's like you almost need someone to hone them in. Um, Because we know that Bray Wyatt just had all sorts of crazy ideas. I mean, look at the Firefly Funhouse match. What did you think of that match? Um, Or cinematic match. I enjoyed it from an entertainment standpoint. Um, you know, I, I don't really consider it like a match. It was just match. kind of like yeah, it's definitely not a, a match in the traditional sense. Um, I thought it was fine. I liked it. I enjoyed it. There was some really good stuff in there. Well, it, it you know something we talk about is like it doesn't matter if people like you or not like you. Like as long as they're yelling your name or whatever. And I feel like, yeah, if, while there were not really any crowds around that time, like that match was, or excuse me, vignette was extremely polarizing and people talked about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, what's going on here? You know, you had John Cena dressed as the, the, uh, the NWO, NWO champion, yeah. right? Well, yeah. you know, what's also weird too, is we had Bray Wyatt and then a few weeks ago we had Paul Rubens pass away, who was PB Herman in the Firefly Funhouse. Mm. Had a very Pee Wee Herman like element to it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Good. Good catch there. You're. You're very right. Uh, I mean, I was a huge Pee Wee Herman fan when I was young. By the way, Pee Wee Herman, uh, Paul Rubens, uh, started his character at the uh, Groundlings. Actually, is where he started doing that character. Well, also a wrestling uh, fan too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we so there's a quick mention to Paul Rubens. We could probably do a whole show on him, although it wouldn't be wrestling related necessarily. But um, yeah, that that Pee Wee Herman original show, I loved it as a kid. And mm-hmm. if you watch the Firefly Funhouse, clearly modeled, clearly modeled after the Pee Wee Herman's Funhouse, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. Uh, the only thing Pee Wee's Playhouse. The only thing we're missing is Lawrence Fishburne and a Mekalika High, Mecca Heine Heine Ho. There you go, and so. Cherry. Yes, and Cherry. But yeah, that that's that's actually totally true. Now. For all the the stuff, you know, and and I will say this personal personally, and as far as on a personal level, I had only heard good stuff. I don't know about you, but I had seen many videos of him just treating fans like a million bucks, and and I'd seen him signing 
signing autographs for children and stuff like that. I mean, I've seen everyone from, yeah, stuff with kids and running into them at arenas and all the way up to just really, you know, sincere, nice DM messages to people. So, yeah. Yeah. I've heard yeah, good a, things. Yeah, a pretty humble guy, it's, it seems like, all in all. Yeah, um, absolutely. Never really involved in any kind of drama, right? Never the type to go on Twitter and say, you, you guys don't know, you know? Nothing that, that was, you know, not some in-character kayfabe stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now there, there, his with his career, which was a short career, all things considered, um, longer probably than most wrestlers' careers, but, you know, there, there were some issues. I mean, there was a couple people that were, and, and this isn't all his fault, this is booking, but, you know, he almost destroyed... Seth Rollins, basically. I mean, Seth Rollins had to go heel after that to, to recoup his own character uh, from the uh, f- the Firefly Funhouse Hell in a Cell or whatever that was. Um, yeah, that definitely wasn't. I mean, that was one of the worst things fault, I've seen in WWE since I started watching. It. Yeah, and I mean, again, and the whole being burnt by Randy Orton thing was a little that. And and do you remember also like. This was a Vince thing for sure. They wanted the matches to be bathed in red light. Yeah, that, and I'm pretty sure that wasn't his choice. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that was his choice. And the, but so. the stuff with the Alexa Bliss stuff was pretty entertaining. It was okay. I don't like magic and wrestling in general as a rule. Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, it could have been done better. I mean, the Fiend being like this indestructible kind of almost like Finn Balor demon type of thing I think could have worked. Did they ever do the demon, the fiend versus the no. demon? Was well, that something that they were, weren't they supposed to do that at one point? But remember like some, I mean, they were doing a survivor series where it was those two, but I'm one sh- of them got sick or hurt. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. I'm trying to fiend versus demon. It sounds right, right? It sounds yeah. like, Something that would make sense, but then we find out, like, oh, we're just, we, we're smarter. Demon versus Fiend, what's the difference? Oh, God. People people are on Reddit saying, what's the difference between a Fiend and a Demon in real life? Oh, that's where you gotta throw the whole WWE into the mix. <laughs> I was gonna say, that's where you need to go start asking your preachers about that. Uh, they did it, they had a steel cage match. Fiend versus Demon. Let me make sure here. They were also oh, no, that, no um, that was WWE 2K. I apologize. So <laughs> I can't find it. A uh, real reason why Phil, Finn Balor has never fought. So there says there's a reason here, uh, and they had it for SummerSlam. Um, he was also a guy that was supposed to go to AEW too. He was hugely rumored to go to AEW. Who who was Bray Wyatt? Yeah. Well, surely after he got let go, but yeah. I felt like. He was one of those guys that's like, if I was him, I'd probably try to stay with WWE. You know those certain guys where you're just like, they'd be crazy to leave. Like, like you're Randy Orton. Like, that's yeah, kind of how I, mean, I feel with That's him. another two third generation guys right there. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, I uh, by the way, Andrew Zarian was asked if there was a chance the Demon and Fiend would clash at SummerSlam. Zarian answered in the negative, but revealed that the match was supposed to take place, but was nixed due to the, to the pandemic. 
Yes. Another victim of the pandemic. So you were right. This was supposed to happen. It was. Um, the leader of Worlds. So we had Wyatt and Matt Hardy together. This was before The Fiend. That was kind of cool. And this was Matt Hardy doing his... Uh, his his uh, What's the gimmick called? Broken. Broken. Yes. Broken. Matt Hardy. I remember seeing some real goofy stuff with that. There were some good vignettes... Uh, with Matt Hardy, like him playing f- chess against a goldfish. Um, yeah, I think most of the TNA stuff was really entertaining. And he kind of took the wrestling world by storm for a little while. But I'm just saying him with Bray Wyatt. Uh, oh, yeah, and they had that match at the, was it at the Hardy compound or where was it? Where they had the lawnmower and all that stuff? Uh, yeah, something like that. Raw 25 years, and they did. Royal Rumble, okay. There, there's a bunch of stuff here. Uh, they wrestled at Elimination Chamber. So, then, yeah, okay. Uh, losing to Hardy in the Ultimate Deletion match. Oh, and then Wyatt was pushed into the Lake of Reincarnation where he disappeared. Right. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that this this one's crazy. Like I said, it's... it. it and, oh, and I, I will say this. I want to say this to everyone, too. The Fireflies, right? That was one thing he did. And and was this basically everyone put their phone up? Is that what that meant? Turn your phone light on? Yeah, that's what it was. It was, you know, the lighter. Uh, the, you know, the modern version of the lighter. Yeah. And just uh, so everyone knows, too, they, they at uh, All In tonight, there was a big... Uh, was, this kind of brings things full circle. There was a big Firefly kind of celebration at All In tonight and a tribute. Very cool, yeah. So, I mean, every company. Every company. um, Really, he was a WWE guy through and through, basically. But, uh, yeah. The the death was announced by Triple H. That's rough. Um, And he's dealing with an undisclosed illness since February. And we will (sighs) talk about that later. Um, Do you know who his surviving people are? Well, I know that he was married to... Uh, Jojo, Jojo uh, that was former ring announcer, right? Yeah. Or a backstage interviewer. Uh, and I believe that's, he had that's a, rough. He had a few kids with her, and I think he had a few kids from a previous marriage or something. And then his ah. his his brother uh, got who, his brother. Uh, you know, Bo, Bo Dallas, Dallas, otherwise known as what's his name? Um, Jay Strongblood Rotunda. No, no, it's it's. Uh, is it? Like, you might have to look that one up. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. I know. Isn't he? I'm not sure if he's with uh, thirty. He's only thirty three. Jeez. Wait, Bo Dallas? Yeah. Taylor oh, Rotunda. Oh well, yeah, yeah. That 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 makes. Sense. I I liked him a Taylor. lot. As I, yeah, uh, I know you did. Yeah, I liked I liked Bo. Even Maria, you like Bo Dallas, right? Thought he was great. Um, and the whole Wyndham family, you know, and IRS, Mike Rotunda, right, was the father. Blackjack Mulligan was the grandfather, and, uh... A lot of, lot of stuff there. Not his, to, not to... His uncles are the Wyndhams. Down, not to downplay the fact that he was a good football player and wrestler, too, Bray Wyatt was. Yeah, I think he was, went to... State... State champion wrestler for heavyweight, dude. 
And I think he went on to be like a center in some kind of college football. I don't know if it was Division One, but was that in 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 color in California too? In SoCal, was it? Yeah, he's All American honors as sophomore offensive guard at the California's Junior College, the California's Junior. That's not a thing. So I don't know which one. Uh, Troy University. Troy University. That's Troy. Yeah, that's not that in California in- though. No, but before that, he, he, he was in California, so, and he, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he actually was pretty good at sports, too, um, so, yeah, and then JoJo, you know, I actually just saw JoJo yesterday, because a lot of people were talking about AJ Lee yesterday, because mm-hmm. it's been 10 years since her big promo, and if you watch her promo, JoJo comes out and takes the, uh, is pissed at AJ Lee, so, a random kind of thing you can watch there so yeah man it's it's been a tough week um at the same time you know we have these huge losses this week it is kind of nice to have this huge celebration of wrestling um at the end of the week as well um you know it's one of those things wrestling is just gonna keep going and it's it's almost hard being a fan sometimes because gosh you know, every month we, we deal with something like this, but it is the circle of life, right? Yeah, unfortunately, you know, you can lose a legend any day. With, and uh, But unfortunately, there's a lot of, still to this day, there's still a lot of untimely deaths of wrestlers. And, you know, it really sucks. Um, it's been a rough year when you consider, you know, Terry Funk, we talked about, like, obviously that was someone we knew that, you know, wasn't doing well, but, you know, guys like Jay Briscoe and Bray Wyatt, both very young men and, you know, fathers of children, um, and guys that were well respected and liked in the industry, those are two of the biggest ones that you can have that happen. It just sucks that we, every few months we're having to do this, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's been a weird one, uh, Jay Briscoe and also... Also dealing with stuff like the Iron Sheik this year, Terry Funk, Bray Wyatt. Um, yeah, it, it's it's been it's definitely been one, but you know, that's why we celebrate these people's lives. And and you know, I I just it makes me happy being a wrestling fan. And I'll say this and I'll say it again, but like maybe it's your perspective. But when this stuff happens, I see all these p- haters and all these different people that are not cool and stuff. They start actually being cool for once in a while. You know, and actually, you know, I see there's less fighting and, you know, it shouldn't take someone's death to make people be more on the same page. But it's nice to get together and be able to look back and just celebrate instead of arguing about who said what. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, just everybody still likes the same thing there. We all like wrestling. So why can't we just leave it at that? You know? tribalism bro yeah it's, it's similar to politics Oof. maybe we should do a whole episode on that but uh no yeah <laughs> no no all right well we got we got some stuff we won't be around for a few weeks this weekend this coming weekend i'm going to to uh a big convention nice and i'll be gone well so this coming weekend we have payback right I and think- all in or all out or all out all around or whatever it's called I'm looking forward to Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins yeah give him the, the title why not yeah right Seth needs a reset and Seth needs something else 
I, I, I like that match, though. I really like that match. So, yeah, we got wrestling on Saturday and Sunday, and then we got Monday off. So, this is a damn good weekend. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I will be, be pretty busy. I'll keep in contact with you, Justin. I will. I do have a really nice hotel room. So, if right, you know, right. we have a base of operation at the convention now. You guys are all set, Every, huh? Yeah, every other time I've gone there, for, for like 10 years, uh, like 10 years ago I got a hotel, but like the last time we didn't get a hotel and we had to walk like a mile to the car every time, in, in, not, in 100 degrees every time, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But now we've got the, uh, it's ridiculous though, this place sucks, it's this resort and we call them, we're like, hey, we got our hotel room for $1,000, so what do we, and they're like, oh, you need to pay for parking. I'm like, why do I oh, need to pay geez. for parking for a fucking hotel? You know what I mean? Well, that's what Vegas makes you do, but yeah, sometimes. They're, they're like, don't worry, it'll only be like $100 for two nights. I'm what? like, what? Wow. So, yeah, I can't, I figured after paying $500 a night, like parking would be, you know, kind of included. Well, like Disneyland Hotel only, how much did Disneyland Hotel charge for parking? 20 bucks a night? Disney does 30? it too? Yeah. But, you know, it's Disneyland. They're going to nickel and dime you every chance they get. But not an airport hotel in Denver shouldn't well, be doing that. This, it's a little weird because since it's like a resort and stuff, there's really, it, it is near the hotel, but like, it, it, there's no parking within the region in that little area. Do you, you have think to they, the they are trying to prevent people that aren't staying at the hotel from parking? I would say yes, but like I said, there's not much. There's nothing around this place. It's so just weird. like a resort in the middle of a field, and then all the ha the neighborhoods and stuff are are a half mile away from it. Interesting. So it's really it's a hard. It's a real weird. Just think of an empty place in L.A. You know, in the hills and stuff, and then someone plops a resort like right there in the hills of like su suburban L.A. And they're just like, oh well, you know. I don't know how to explain it, but I'm spending too much time talking about it. So <laughs> I'll tell you more later. Yeah, we'll get um, out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So and then the week after, I will be uh, going to Long Beach uh, for a little R&R. &R. So lots of stuff going on um, with me personally and in the wrestling world. And we will keep track of it. And if we need to get on, if there's any big news, we'll get on and do a little emergency stream. But hopefully things go smooth. Would you agree with that? Sure, and if we do, hopefully it's a super positive, awesome thing, and not hopefully, something like this. yes, exactly, not backstage fighting and people passing away. Yeah, so no. we give all the best in the world, and we share our mana with Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt and their families and the people that love them. And Indeed. besides that, Justin, is there anything else you want to say? That's it, man. I'm ready to wind down Sunday night, get some sleep, and drudge my way into work tomorrow. Sounds exactly the same as me. So, on that note, we will see you guys later. Good night.